Welcome to the St. Michael's Podcast, conversations on themes from recent sermons given from the pulpit at St. Michael's. I'm Damon Hancock. For this episode, I spoke with Associate Rector Julie Hoplamazian about her family's history and about St. Paul's call to love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. Mother Julie's sermon came the week of both President Biden's recognition of the Armenian genocide and of the guilty verdict in the George Floyd murder trial. But here's the thing, buried under this grief are seeds of hope that have been dormant. Those seeds finally saw the light of day. Those seeds can now finally start germinating. The truth and the action of our nation's leader to speak the truth even when it was risky was salve to start healing the deep wounds that a century of denial had inflicted. Truth and action have power. The first thing that I wanted to ask you about after your sermon last week was I, I wanted to know about your grandmother, your medsmaidik? Yeah, medsmaidik. Medsmaidik. <laughs> medsmaidik. It, it literally means like grandmother, but it's it's... Yeah, she was my great-grandmother, actually. Oh, okay. She was your great-grandmother. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, uh, you, you know, you talked, you talked about her a little bit in your sermon, and I just, I, 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 was, I don't know, I just wanted to hear more. Like, what was your relationship with your grandmother growing up? Yeah, so Medzmarig was um, my grandfather's mother and lived with my grandparents. And so whenever I visited my grandparents' house, she was there, too. Um, she lived until I was 16 years old, and so I had a relationship with her, a pretty close one, um, until she died. Um, and, you know, we were lucky that she was pretty much with it until the very end of her life. And she was 98 or so when she died. We don't know exactly how old she was. You know, her all of her birth records were destroyed in the genocide. But um, she was the only survivor in her family, um, except for an older brother who had come to the States uh, to find work before the genocide had begun. Um, but she grew up in a little village called Malatya, and she, ha- in her household there, was in her village, was her, her two parents, uh, two brothers, an older and a younger brother, and, and uh, both grandmothers. Um, I think like most cultures in Armenian culture, it's like common for generations to live under the same roof, and especially... Um, you know, as your parents age, it, it's it's you know your responsibility to take care of them. So you know, she had a multi generational household, and um, yeah, I mean the the story is very sad. And the the Ottoman troops showed up at her door. Uh, her father answered it. They shot him at point blank range and killed him on sight. Uh, her younger brother, who was little, he was about five or so, uh, ran and hid, and she never knew what happened to him. Um, her older brother was taken away, never to be seen again. Uh, and then she and her mother and her grandmothers were forced to go on these death marches. There was forced deportations through the Syrian desert. And um, her one grandmother was bedridden. They had to leave her behind. Um, again, we, they don't know what happened, but it's assumed she perished sooner rather than later. But um, yeah, she and her mother and her grandmother uh, went on these these forced deportations, these death marches, and and she survived because uh, when they went from town to town, one of the towns they arrived at, 
She was sold as a slave into a Turkish family who were kind and took care of her. And after the war was over, they helped her escape to the States to find her brother. Um, she had found her brother uh, through various channels, and so they helped her uh, escape to the States um, where she could be reunited with her only living relative. She, she didn't want to speak about what had happened to her ever. Actually, I just learned recently that um, she had actually kept a journal of what had what she had gone through in the genocide, but then had like put it in a drawer and forgotten about it. And then apparently at some point, you know, 10 years later, she came across it and threw it away because she never wanted to remember those memories. And I guess at some point she told my grandparents that this she had done this and they were like, what have you done? We like need to remember the horrible things that happened because 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 the 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 truth of this genocide is not taught is not told and her point was i don't want to dwell on the trauma but it's important to preserve who we are it's it's about your identity um and so identity for her was not steeped in trauma it was steeped in culture and faith said the truth well, the truth hurts but the truth sets us free you know yeah. last week and like and I, I wonder just about the truth setting us free like the truth sets the, the persecuted free it sets you free it sounds like somewhat to hear it said like as an Armenian genocide like it's sort of it it frees something inside of you you know good things and bad mm. um and um but it also it also sets the persecutor free, right? I mean, it seems like you you kind of made reference to this this last week. It's like we're both we're both both sides are held down, you know, if the truth isn't spoken. Um, yeah, I mean, I think what I what I said in my sermon was a uh, uh, was that basically like kind of thinking about that image of you know Derek Chauvin on George Floyd's neck. Like, if my knee is on your neck, you you know, you can't go anywhere, but neither can I. We're both stuck here. Um, you know, we, and I think I, I've heard similar um, th trains of thought in, um, you know, feminist um, study, which is that the patriarchy doesn't just hurt women, it hurts men too. Um, and, you know, white supremacy does, does, doesn't just hurt people of color, it hurts white people too. You know, when, when you are committed to any sort of ideology where one group uh, only can benefit at the oppression and suffering of another, no one can really move forward in, in freedom. Um, and so I think the, that image, if I return to that horrific image of Derek Chauvin on George Floyd's neck, I mean, what would it have taken? I mean, he was so committed to this person's a criminal. I've got to keep him down, you know. But like, he was—he was so focused on that that he wasn't able to see how he was stuck there too. And like, what would it have? What would have happened if he had thought, "God, I, I, this is really uncomfortable for both of us," you know? What would have happened if he had stood up and and felt felt his own freedom? I think that's the you know, in addition to the freedom of the person he had been pinning down. Um, I think that's, that's the, the image that I, I was trying to point to at the end of the sermon, which is we, we all benefit. We are all free. We are all, we can just, we can all breathe. 
when we're not so busy trying to put someone else down and keep someone else down? Why is that worth an ounce of our energy? Isn't, isn't our spirit worth so much more when it's doing the work, taking the action of making sure that the kingdom of God is being lived out? That, you know, the way God wants us to live, as I understand it, is that we are, we, we, you know, it's hanging on the outside of our church. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. Um, I mean, it's in our baptismal covenant. That, you know, we seek and serve Christ in all persons, and we love our neighbors as ourselves, and we, you know, seek the dignity of every human being. Um, that's not any one individual's agenda that's not a political agenda, that's God's agenda. For, for me, my identity as an Armenian, as a person, as a descendant of a genocide survivor, like implicitly links me to all other survivors of genocide. Um, and it is incumbent upon all of us to, to fight against the systems that would destroy the creatures of God together, whoever they are. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I super hear you. That, that was actually something that I, that I wanted to touch on a little bit. You know, I, I have a Jewish background, and, you know, there are plenty of Holocaust survivors that have extremely intolerant attitudes, you know, especially in Israel, you know, mm -hmm. but just in general, you know, it's sort of, you know, people entire peoples rebound from from being victims of horrendous violence and then just go and heap violence on other people. Oh, I mean totally. it's like it's unbelievable how that happens. Yep. And you know, certainly not acceptable, but you can you can you can understand how the how those cycles of cycles of violence, you know, just perpetuate themselves. But it but it definitely yeah, it definitely feels like the larger lesson is like you know, with a little bit of grace, you can step back and see that the larger lesson, it's not about you and it's not about me, you know, it's not about my pain. It's like, well, I gotta get over my pain before I can worry about you. It's like, no, sorry, you know, <laughs> like, no, you know, and that, that applies to peoples, that applies to nations, that applies over generations. It's just like, yeah. these lessons, the, the, the wider lesson is, yeah, it's, it's, about, um, it's about compassion, you know, like you were saying. Um, yeah, and not in like some, icky, sappy, kumbaya kind of way, but like genuine compassion comes from the Greek root is the Greek word is splagnatsomai. It literally, it's like splagna, your guts. It literally, the word compassion literally is like a gut feeling. So it's not like, oh, we're all holding hands and playing our guitars. It's not none of that sappy nonsense. It genuinely is like, I am, I am, I am moved from the like innermost depth of my being for another person that and I think we all we all know what that feels like and I think tapping into that is is really really critical this has been the St. Michael's podcast this is a new project and is just trying its wings I invite you to share your impressions by emailing me at damon at stmichaelschurch.org. Thanks for listening. And remember, life is short. Be swift to love.